Hello and welcome to episode 170 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always. With me today, we have the, the whole crew is in the building. Uh, Brandon Stevens. Brandon, say hello to the people. Jay, what's up? Ricardo, what's up? Ricardo, hey, welcome to the show, guys. Yeah, it's good to see you, Brandon. It's good to be here. Yeah, if everybody could like, listen, rate, review, and share the podcast, we would appreciate it. Thank you so much. Just trying to cure paralysis. Uh, guys, how you doing today? Everybody good? I'm great. So, so good, I have, good to hear. I'm glad. So, so, oh, everybody's, bringing guys. No, 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 everybody's bringing the energy. I appreciate it. No, no, no. I just uh, I was waiting for Brandon to chime Jeez. in. No, man. I'm I'm just uh, I'm the third wheel on this podcast, baby. Oh God, get out of here. <laughs> so no, I just I'm I'm uh, I'm happy to be here, but Ricardo, man, I I love what uh, the way you uh, stepped in for me and kept this podcast going with Jeremy, and it, it makes a. Uh, it makes me happy, man, that you could do that for him. Well, you know, what it all started with is when, you know, sharing is caring when you donated your kidney. Yeah, that's you know? true. Yep. And so, I mean, I couldn't that be happier true. to help a greater set of guys. Well, I get like, I get these notifications now in my memories from past episodes and it's like four years ago and it's just been going on so long. It's hard to even fathom that. We have podcasts, 170 episodes, and I know, man, it's you crazy. know, like I, I never renewed my contract. <laughs> so we well, have to. We've talked the numbers you now. A, you're lucky enough to get a contract. Well, hey man, I need you guys to stop chatting about that. We don't need to talk about this. No, I'm just I wish there was money to go around. Uh, no, sure, the I'm only sure thing we care about shit. is finding a cure for paralysis. Exactly. Me too, man. And Me, sharing the stories it. that your guests have with us. Hey, and we got some, we got good guests every week. Fantastic. And this week guests. is, this week is uh, also very good. It really is. It really, really is. Uh, I was able to uh, get in touch with Amanda Perla, who is the founder of Next Step Orlando. And, um, I don't know if I made the joke on the podcast or not, but I was like, I remember hearing that you guys had, that there was a next step in Orlando. I was like, what the hell? Like, you did make that. Can't joke. get that one in freaking <laughs> Seattle. Can't get one in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, God. But yeah, no, she told me about like how they got started. I think off the air. What do you like, got about, against Orlando? I don't have anything against Orlando. I'm just oh, saying, okay. bro. Like, I feel Wait. like there's, there's other big cities down there that probably have stuff like that and i was just like surprised of all oh you know of like, all the places like atlanta i mean kansas city had one too which i guess isn't like the biggest city either but no. um yeah i was just surprised orlando of all well she places. saw that there was a need right yeah and it's she awesome it. yeah it's awesome what they did uh yeah. getting that thing started and off the ground so i mean yeah salute to her and I know her mother helped her with it and you know, just all the, the whole team down there and starting with the Project Walk thing. And I didn't realize that Project Walk had basically done the same thing as Next Next Step had done and, mm. and just wasn't quite as successful with it, I guess. So now, and it's crazy that Next Step has locations like world, I mean, a couple international locations as well. Yeah, it's great. And they have places all, we need to get that thing started. Although she told me the prices that we're looking at today compared to when she started it in there. Inflation, wild. man. It's wild. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you know, Jeremy, that could be your next venture. Well, that's like the whole goal of the Live to Walk Again Foundation was to start a, 
uh, you know, adaptive gym that people could go and work out at. And hmm. I don't uh, recall that. That we wanted to get a gym started, bro. Go like go listen to, like episode one through nine or ten. <laughs> I was Jesus, there. I don't need man. to listen to them. <laughs> well, uh, if you don't remember that, you obviously do need. I mean, to go it listen was a long time ago. God, man, kidney took a little chunk of your brain out, bro. Well, I mean, I always thought that, you know, initially it was to, um, you know, merge sciences and connect the Well, the, the foundation dots. itself, like before we started the podcast, the foundation was to, like, we wanted to get a gym built and get so that people could work out with disabilities because mm-hmm. we don't have anything like that around here. So that was my original goal with it. And then, you know, it just progressed, man. Now we're like, F it. Let's get, let's find well, a cure for paralysis while well, we're at it. Well, you know, like she said, you know, um, she didn't even stand up, right? While she was going through her rehab, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And yeah. so in the last few guests that you had, some of their stories is their rehabs are short. They're like in and out of the hospital in less than a month, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, or a couple of weeks. They send them home and it's like shocking to me. Right. That the healthcare and some of the healthcare systems and insurances don't provide more support for people. Yeah. And so there's a real need, Jeremy, everywhere in this country for that. So So true. Yeah. I find the frustrating part is not only that, the lack of support, uh, long term um, rehab, but the mentality of like, oh, you're just. There's no forward thinking on let's try to get you walking again. Let's try exhaust every option. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you just got to go with what we have. There, It feels like nobody's really innovating. Yeah, it kind of broke my heart when she said, you know, they didn't even tell her that, you know, it was like, well, this is it. Yeah. Here you go. And right. that that's, is that similar to your experience, Jeremy, or? Yeah, I mean, basically. It felt like this is like, like learning never, how to live this, this yeah, now, right? Learn, exactly. Learn how to live with it and. You know, you can go to some outpatient rehab for like a year after your uh, yeah. after your your accident, and see if we can get anything to come back. So, um, and how do you feel something like this would have helped you? Oh, immensely, man. I mean, especially like uh, she made a good point with like the you know in rehab, like they don't want it's not activity based, like how she how like the the. Uh, next step places are and the project walk places were like that's their whole goal get you up out of your chair get you doing stuff like get you in right. the in, in those like supported treadmills or whatever the case may be um get your body moving you know and your circulation and all that stuff like it's it, really something that you, you didn't know, even do right and like, i mean I, I guess in in you know when i was at good samaritan like i guess they got me up pretty quickly i think um, i remember but, like but i think it was thing. when we saw you in rehab when we came to visit it was always like feed yourself jeremy right like occupational yeah. therapy like here's yeah. how you're gonna... to paint like some little c- ceramic things and they're like what do you want to paint i'm like oh those mushrooms look cool but yeah it was all like using like a tinodesis splint yeah. to, like, so, like showing adaptive stuff yeah but I did do, I mean, they had me in physical therapy a little bit they too. They did have but yeah, in the pool a little bit. No, only no. once. And then I got like a little like tiny pressure spot from my neck brace. And like if you had an open wound of any yeah, kind, they weren't the letting pool. you in the pool anymore. Oh yeah, that's so right. You had that big once. halo. I got to say, man, this is way off topic, but you've really dodged the pressure sore bullet, man. Yeah, I've never 
never had to deal that, with one man. That is really something lucky. that really seems to set people back quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, you know, some of the things that um, Amanda talks about is becoming a mom. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was... Uh, yeah. And, you know, and she talked about other people. You know, she's taking a different route, which is very cool. But, um, you know, I remember when Gina had, you know, your aunt Gina, my wife, had the boys, right? And we thought everything was going to go normal. Everything mm. was going to be good because, you know, all the other older sisters, you know, she has five of them all had kids and everything went, you know, right down the channel and out. Well, you know, Gina had to have two cesareans at the last minute. Yeah. You know, and uh, I could only imagine how rough that would be if you're a quadriplegic and basically terrifying. So um, I really support her decision the way she's doing. Yeah, no, that yeah, I mean I. But let's not give it away. Right? Yeah, we will. We'll, we'll talk about it more on the other side. Yeah, yeah. she she's amazing. Yeah. Um, I think I love what she's doing. Uh, with, with the next step Orlando stuff. Um, just her kind of you know advocacy for people dealing with spinal cord injuries and dealing with uh disabilities on all levels uh, is, is heroic and and then sharing on her gram her daily life yeah exactly it's very cool yeah, and she's and, inspiring jay to get on the gram yeah no i mean she I'm wants on, to do on tiktok I mean, yeah, she's on tiktok heavy she said yeah tiktok so. does really well yeah i'm already on instagram bro what are you talking about i mean but yeah i should be doing more yeah you're right thanks brandon okay. i'm not doing enough <laughs> All right, thank you. Appreciate it. Anyway, uh, let's uh, let's. He only get, spends four hours a day getting ready. Let's get uh, <laughs> let's get to Amanda Perla here. I thought it was a great interview. I uh, hope you guys like it, and we will talk to you on the other side. This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we are so excited to visit with Amanda Perla. She is a disability advocate, a spinal cord injury survivor, uh, the founder of Next Step Orlando. And her and her husband are on a surrogacy journey. Um, Amanda, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this is this is great. Um, you know, for anybody that doesn't know your story already, uh, can you tell us, you know, how did you suffer a spinal cord injury? Sure. Um, I was just your typical high school senior. I had just turned 18. And I was literally a month away from graduating. And I am like, honestly, that cliche went to a party after prom one night and got in the car with the wrong person leaving. And uh, I fell asleep in the passenger seat. And unfortunately, she fell asleep at the wheel. And fortunately, we didn't hit or hurt anyone else. But I did break my neck at the C6 level and was paralyzed spinal cord injury and yeah have just kind of been living with that disability since then wow and, and how many years ago was that so that was um 16 oh, over 16 years ago now so it, it's been a while for me yeah um our stories are like crazy similar like I was a senior <laughs> in high school and yeah same thing like was a passenger in the car and wasn't on the night of prom but um close to it so uh yeah you know where did you so did you um I mean did you wake up when the accident is happening I mean do you or are you just like you wake up in the hospital um after yeah um to be honest I don't have a, a very clear memory of the entire 
day or events leading up to it. I think um, just from like the trauma of it all, I did, I didn't suffer any type of brain injury, thankfully, but you know, some like brain trauma, I did take a pretty good hit to the head. I had a pretty big hematoma um, on my forehead for quite a while, but um, I don't remember the accident. I, I think I have like maybe some vague memories of being in the car after it happened because I know we were in there for quite a while they had to use the jaws of life to cut us out um but I don't know if they're real or not so I technically woke up in the hospital yeah um so were you um you you know you wake up is it like a day later a couple days later um you know when do when do you I guess realize that you have a spinal cord injury and you can't move I think uh I'm thinking I woke up at a day maybe two later I definitely was still in the ICU um and I don't know if it really kind of hit me the the severity of the injury until about a week later when I was being transferred to Shepherd Center and when I got to Shepherd Center in Atlanta Georgia which specializes in spinal cord injury And just kind of seeing that, like, literally everybody was in a wheelchair and um, that I think that was like, that was my moment that I realized, like, this is real. Right, right. So, so you got injured in, in Orlando then? Is that where you grew up at? Um, so I was actually in South Florida at the time, but I did, I did move to Orlando when I was five years old from New Jersey and grew up in Orlando. I just happened to be in South Florida um, when the the injury happened, but when I got hurt, I was airlifted back to Orlando, and that's where I spent the time in the hospital before moving on to Shepherd Center. Okay, so did they go in and have to do, like, stabilize your spinal cord while you were in the hospital in Orlando before you went to uh, Atlanta? Yes, so I had the, the spinal fusion done while I was still in Orlando. And then was just lucky enough to get a bed at Shepherd Center pretty quickly afterwards. And how do they get you out there for that? Um, yeah, because I'm I'm re- I'm terrible with geography, so I don't know how far Orlando is from. I know it's a little bit, a couple states away or whatever, but um, yeah, not too far. But um, so I was actually airlifted from the site of the accident to a trauma center in West Palm Beach via helicopter, and then via another helicopter. That's when I was airlifted to. ORMC in Orlando and then my family actually had to charter like a kind of like a private medical jet and that's how they got me from Orlando to Atlanta oh wow okay so yeah so my uncle helped us out with that one thankfully oh that's awesome so you know once you get um you know you kind of say that 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 was like the realization um of the the severity of your injury when you got to the Shepherd Center there in Atlanta um you know, what, uh, you know, what was that like, I guess, going through rehab? Like, what was your experience like? Um, you know, everybody talks so highly of the Shepherd Center. So I'd love to hear kind of what your experiences were like there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't have anything negative to say about Shepherd Center. It was a great place for somebody with an acute injury, you know, someone that's newly injured, because that's the focus of what they do there is like teaching you how to adapt to this new life in the wheelchair and teaching your family how to help support you and take care of you and so that was great my issue though was like 
there was no focus on recovery. It was just all about like, okay, you're in a wheelchair now. This is well, how you're going to deal with it. This is how you're going to live. And yeah, that's great. Obviously you need all those daily living skills, but what about like, what are we going to do to try to regain some movement to try to make some kind of recovery? And it was just kind of like brushed off all the time. Like, you know, you're not going to recover. So don't even worry about it. Like this is, this is your life. This is what it is. So just kind of deal with it type thing. And I, I'm just like, I'm not geared like that. I don't know what it is. So when I came home from Shepherd Center and I was just doing outpatient uh, physical and occupational therapy, I just found it like so not challenging and just almost like a, I felt like it was more so a waste of my time. So that's when I started researching other um options for spinal cord injury recovery and I found this place out in California that did activity-based therapy instead of physical therapy and I went out there and tried it out and that kind of totally changed the trajectory of my life with a spinal cord injury afterwards. Okay um before we go too far I want to I um I was wondering like how long I always ask everybody, how long did you get to spend in rehab? Because I know, you know, like now you barely get any time and they're like pushing you out the door. Um, right. So, yeah, what? And, you know, I was injured 25 years ago, so I got a ton okay. of time. I was in there for like three months, two and a half months, something like that. So, yeah. How long did you spend in, in rehab? Um. So I actually was in inpatient at Shepherd Center for four months. And then they have a thing called day program and they have housing that's so you're not still living in the hospital, but you're living in their housing and they shuttle you back to the hospital for therapy during the day and then you leave at night. So I did five, five months total at Shepherd Center, four inpatient and one month of the day program. Okay. And so are your, you know, do you obviously you know, you had to fly from Orlando, they had to fly you from Orlando to Atlanta. Um, are, is your family able to spend time with you there? Um, are they, you know, do they come up there quite often? Do they just stay there with you? What, what was that experience like being so far from home, uh, going through rehab? Yeah. Um, I was lucky because I have an uncle that lives in Atlanta and, um, my mom, I mean, I, I had just turned 18 years old. So like, yes, technically I was an adult, but really I was still just a kid. Right. So there was no way my mom was leaving me. So yeah. luckily she had my uncle's house to stay at and she pretty much um, was let go of her job because she refused to leave me in the hospital. So I had my mom and I had my uncle there. And then my two best friends drove up every other weekend, the whole five months I was there from Orlando to Atlanta just to be with me every other weekend. So having them was, was huge. That's, that's amazing. Um, so you get injured during your senior year in high school. Like, are you able to go back and graduate? Um, like what's that experience like? Cause I know for me, it was a crazy whole thing. So, um, yeah. yeah what was your experience like with that, with finishing up high school and whatnot? I mean, I was definitely like in the thick of it when graduation happened. So, um, I certainly didn't finish. I didn't get to walk at graduation, obviously. Um, my school did work with me afterwards to finish, but um, just with the injury and, you know, all the secondary complications that you really deal with, especially in the first couple of years, 
it, it took me quite a while. I did, I was supposed to graduate in 2007. I did end up graduating from high school in October of 2009. So it took me extra time, but I eventually got there. Well, that's, that's good. That's good. So um, then you were talking about that you went, um, once you were home from Shepherd Center, you were just like, what do I do this? You know, the re the outpatient rehab's not helping or not really challenging. And right. uh, you go out to California. What's the name of the place that you found in California that with the activities based uh, rehabilitation? So back in the day, there was a place called Project Walk. And um, they were located in Carlsbad, California. And yeah, I just like, I was such a competitive person before my injury. I danced for like 11 years competitively and um, just was always like active, always outside, always doing something. You know, I'm from Florida, close to the beach. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to, to find somewhere where I could feel like I was like still active and um still like challenging myself and still trying to make a recovery and that's when we found a place called project walk at the time um in california and i honestly at first wanted to just move to california but uh it's a bit expensive out there <laughs> yeah no doubt um yes yeah, so i i have heard of project walks I, I was just curious what uh what place it was that you were thinking that you were uh, had had gone to um you know what uh i guess where do you so coming back i guess did you go so did you go to project walk straight after getting out of the hospital almost or how long were you trying to do outpatient rehab in in uh orlando before you made the the decision to go out there and try to get some other uh type of rehab um it was almost right away i think i was home from from Shepherd Center for maybe a little bit over a month. And I was on a plane out to California and wow. I spent six weeks there, but I just knew right away, like the first day that I got there, they, with, within the evaluation, they stood me up and it was the first time in six months that I had stood because I had constantly been told before then you can't stand. I mean, they wouldn't even put me in a standing frame at Shepherd Center. All they would put me on is that silly tilt table. It oh, did nothing. Yeah. You know, so Crazy. I was just like, I got there and I stood on the first day and I'm looking at myself in the mirror standing and I'm like, this is, this is it. This is what we've been looking for. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, that, that's surprising that they didn't get you up at all. Cause I remember, you know, remember the rehab place I went through definitely like they had me up uh, and it, like, it was terrible the first few times, you know, like with right. the pressure just dropping through the floor but yeah it uh that that's great that you were able to to get out there and uh and 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 start that so you know I always ask everybody what was it like um you know coming out of the hospital and kind of out of that hospital bubble and back to the real world um so you were only out for a month before you went to California so you almost didn't have that experience I guess until you came back from from California probably or you know what was, what was it like for you you know, getting out of the hospital and, and kind of getting back to your house. Did your, did your uh, mother have to, you know, do any renovations to make it wheelchair accessible, things like that? Right. Um, a few renovations were done to make it accessible. Luckily my, it, other than the bathroom really though, it didn't need a whole lot. Um, one story wide hallways and doorways, thankfully already. Um, so it was really just the bathroom um, but I think more so what was hard for me than like 
the physical adapting to it was like I had said I was a senior in high school. So when I came home, everyone had moved on, either gone to college or whatever it may be. Everybody was like moving on with life. And I felt like I was just at a standstill. And I felt so isolated because nobody was really around. And I I I didn't know what my future was going to be anymore. And so, um, yeah, that I think was the hardest part for me coming out of the hospital and adapting to was just like, what is my purpose now? And what do I do to not feel like my life is on pause while everybody's moving forward? Right. Yeah, that's that's always a tough thing for sure. I mean, I think that that's probably you hit it on the head there. I think that's definitely was my biggest issue too coming out. So, um, you know, when I guess so so changing gears from there, like when you you kind of do find your purpose and you decide to start and start a next step Orlando, you know, and it's funny, Amanda. I'm gonna be honest. I was. Uh, when I first heard about Next Step, I I think I interviewed somebody from Next Step Atlanta, and I've talked to a couple people that went through that program, and they all just love it. And I'm like, oh, they have one in Atlanta, and they have one in, you know, they I don't know if they still do, but they did have one in LA and like Kansas City. And I'm like, Orlando, Florida? I'm like, we can't get one in Seattle, but there's one in Orlando. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? And, uh, but yeah, so talk about, um, so, and now I know that you, you started it. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. I just need to get one up here, but, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, talk about the process, like how you, you know, decided to start something like that. Um, did you go to another next step and work with them first and then, and just say, Hey, we should start one of these in, in Orlando. Like what, what was the process like? So basically when we were at project walk, um, in Carlsbad, California, we I just kept meeting so many people from the Southeast that were doing the same thing as me, like constantly traveling to California for weeks at a time and then going home and then coming, raising money, coming back out, you know, and it was just like, well, obviously we need this kind of program somewhere on the East Coast in the Southeast. There was already another small one up in Jersey um, that was like it. So we kind of like signed on with a partnership basically at the time with Project Walk to open. And in the very beginning, we were called Step It Up. But then Project Walks started signing on with other little locations like us in New Jersey uh, more and more. So then they wanted us to take the name. So for a while, we were Project Walk Orlando. Okay. Um, always a nonprofit organization, always just providing activity-based therapy for people living with paralysis. But um, then we were like kind of like a franchise with them and we came project walk orlando but then um their owners did eventually sell and um we just saw kind of the writing on the wall that it was going downhill and we wanted to stay nonprofit. and we um knew of next step in la so we kind of got with them got together with them and uh transitioned to become next step orlando as well as the locations in Atlanta and Kansas City. So um, there is a Next Step Atlanta, Next Step Kansas City. Since then, they've also opened um, Next Step in Raleigh. Okay. A Next Step in Las Vegas. And then they're currently working on Pittsburgh and Nashville. 
And then we have, they have two international ones, one in New Zealand and one in Ukraine. That's amazing. Wow. I had no yeah. idea there was, they were international now too. That's so cool. So uh, you never know. There could be a next step Seattle one day. I'm hoping I might have to, I'm have to get some, uh, you know, uh, bend your ear a little bit and figure out how to get this thing going. Um, but yeah, like that, that's so, that's so cool that you just kind of took the initiative to be like, you know what, there's nothing in, in Orlando, like, let's do it. And was, and was, and so Next Step Atlanta wasn't there yet. You guys were before Next Step Atlanta or there already was, or they converted over kind of at the same time as you guys. Right. So we, we did open before Atlanta, but they opened not far long after us. So we were Project Walk Orlando. They were Project Walk Atlanta and they transitioned at the same time as us to next step Atlanta at the same time we transitioned to next step Orlando. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes it's kind sense. of a confusing way. A lot of times when I tell the story, I just tell people, yeah. So I went out to this place called next step in LA just to kind of cut out the whole confusion right. of project <laughs> walk. But I just, I figured since you had been injured so long, you might've heard of project walk. And yeah, I have. I, I will. I, that's what I was trying to figure out. Like if you went there, or if you had gone to Next Step LA, or if that was even like a thing yet when you decided to start this. So yeah, no, it make, makes total sense. And I'm sure most of the people listening will, will uh, if they've been listening for a while, they'll get it too. So yeah. um, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, I wanted to like kind of dig into some of your you know, I know you document a lot of your journey through social media um, and stuff like that. Um, you know, what, you know, when did you kind of start being able to do that? Like, cause I know for me, it's, it's, I just don't, I don't know. I just, I like being on like just talking and not like having to like make videos and do all these different things. Like it's, I'm always so uh, nervous, like what people are going to think or whatever. It's so, like, what, you know, talk about yeah. like being willing to, to share a lot of these things that are, you know, tough to tough, to do sometimes like talk to yeah, just talk about like what yeah. what made you get that all out there so I think what started it was for me when social media started to become really prominent I that was like really the best way for us to get the word out about next step Orlando I mean you know we don't have like commercials or billboards or anything so when social media started to really become a big thing I really started to push videos and pictures and posts for next step. And then it kind of just gradually turned into me documenting my recovery as well. Um, just, you know, I think at first it was more so just to see the progress for myself and for family. But then I, it just started to get more and more views and attention, which obviously does open me up to a lot more scrutiny and judgment from people. And everyone on Instagram becomes a doctor all of a sudden. And wants to tell me how I can magically be healed. Um, but for the most part, I find it to be very supportive and encouraging. And um, that kind of helps motivate me. So I think that's what's helped me continue to document and post is that like, people like really do believe in me. And not only that, they're seeing that there are options for maybe not just recovery, but for staying healthy and happy after a spinal cord injury or any type of neurological injury or disorder that, you know, that there is options for 
activity and exercise for people living with paralysis and um, just to know that we're not just like sitting around or laying in bed all the right. time. I'd right. like to like let people know that. That's awesome. Yeah, no, and I've, you know, we've been saying on the podcast for years that, you know, it's like, we need to be as healthy as we possibly can for whenever they finally do figure something out, how to repair a yep. spinal cord, you know, you got to have your body ready to go. So, um, yeah, I love, I love what you guys are doing. And I, yeah, the next step program seems to be amazing. And so do, do you guys accept insurance at the, at the next step or is it, is it just have to, you, you pay cash yeah. or what, how does, how does it all work? Basically, it's not that we don't accept it. It's just that insurance still isn't open-minded enough to cover us. Um, right. They they typically won't cover a program that doesn't have a physical therapist or a doctor on staff. And we're honestly just a small nonprofit organization. Um, my trainers do have at least a four-year degree in kinesiology and health science. So they are educated. And not only that, we are affiliated with the Christopher and Dana Reed Foundation. So oh. they've had extra training with the Neuro Recovery Network. So they're very knowledgeable, very comfortable, and very good at training people with neurological disorders and conditions. Like, they're not just trainers we found off the street. <laughs> they're very educated. They're very compassionate. Um, we also, Honestly, we have our own little community here at Next Step Orlando. Like, we're all such good friends and hang out so much outside of the facility that they're not just our trainers. They're, they're like literally our friends too. That's awesome. That's awesome. What does it mean to you, Amanda? Like when you're able to see like somebody having like great results, like, I mean, it's gotta like really touch you to know that you kind of got this thing off the ground there, at least in, at, in the Orlando area. So, you know, like, yeah. Talk about, you know, what's that mean to you to, to when you see stuff like that? I mean, definitely. I, I've, become so close with the clients that we have here that again they're they're like family to me they're some of my closest friends so their accomplishments mean just as much to me as my own do um and just to know that we are making a difference um you know like I said when I got home from the hospital I didn't know what my future was I didn't know what my purpose was and just to know that I'm able to somehow take this horrible thing that happened to me and turn it into something good that can help so many others that felt so helpless like we did that's that's what that's like the best part of this whole place yeah. uh, that's got to be amazing that's got to be such a great feeling uh you know I want I was curious I know that you're on a surrogacy journey with your husband um you know so when when did you guys get married and then you know what was the because I know there are like quite a few um women dealing with spinal cord injuries that have like I've seen just in the community you know you see them uh posting pictures of them being pregnant and stuff like that like yeah. was that ever an option for you like what was you know, just talk about kind of like when you got married and then like when you guys decided like we want to have children but we're going to go the surrogacy route as opposed to trying to sure the other way you know how carry the baby I guess yeah um it's still I and I don't blame I you with I don't blame you at all. Like I, that would freak. I mean, the thought of that is, you know, like dealing with that on Scary. top of the spinal cord injury seems crazy. So yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. I mean, my husband and I have been together for a really long time. We met when we were 21 years old. We didn't get married until 
2019, so just over four years ago. Um, but we always kind of knew we wanted to try and start a family about a year later. Um, we just figured in our 30s was best for us, you know. And um, I think a lot of my decision came down to just my lifestyle and my training here at Next Step. Like, it's very important to me. Um, not only that, I did speak with a, um, like a high risk obstetrician about getting pregnant myself. And, you know, there's just things that you deal with, with a spinal cord injury, like low blood pressure, uh, which was a huge concern. Um, you know, just like managing my catheter was another big concern and just like the possibility of being on bed rest for a while and just thinking about having to take care of a baby and recovery from being pregnant and giving birth. I don't know. It made me kind of like stress me out. It made me anxious. And I, I knew a couple, I, I do know that there are quadriplegic women that have, have done it. They have carried their babies full term, delivered them successfully and they're great mothers. And that's, they're freaking amazing. Like, I don't know how they do it because that just scares me. And um, I was just fortunate enough to know a couple that did use a surrogate and was able to fundraise the money to be able to afford to do that. Cause otherwise it, it is very, very, very costly. And, uh, but I don't think I was quite prepared for, um, for like any type of failures through the process. Um, my husband and I did lose four babies last year. Huh. So it's, it's been a rough go and, uh, something that we're, but we're still trying and we're, we're still in the process right now. We're just, um, we are currently trying to work with a different surrogate because for whatever reason, her body and our embryos just, just didn't mesh well. Yeah. Yeah. That's gotta be an intense kind of whole, the, just the whole situation. So yeah, I definitely wish you guys well and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully everything works out uh, in the near future for you guys. Thank you. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. It's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting journey and, uh, not the easiest one, but we know it'll be worth it in the end. And, uh, it's just the, it's just, the route we chose to go, sometimes I struggle with the decision. Maybe I should have just tried to get pregnant myself, but for the most part, I feel like I'm, I'm doing the right thing. And for me, yeah, so no, that's what, that's what just, matters, right? You got to do the right yeah. thing for yourself. So hey, no, that's uh that's, I think it's a great idea. So, um, and, and like, I didn't, yeah, I didn't even know that that, yeah, I didn't even think about that as a possibility for, for, uh, you know, I mean, obviously it's a possibility for anybody, but yeah, I, I wasn't ever thinking about that. Um, but yeah, no, good, 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 you know, good luck to you guys. Definitely be rooting you on. Um, you know, I, did, I did. Yeah, for sure. I did want to also ask, I saw on your Instagram page that you uh, have a hope, uh, help hope live fundraiser set up and that you raised like almost $600,000. I was like, holy crap, that's awesome. So <laughs> talk about that and like what um, you're raising money for and kind of like just the process of of raising 600 grand. Like that's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, so we'll help. So that's over the course of 16 years since I've been injured. Oh. Um, 
Yeah, and Help Hope Live is just actually another really great organization. Um, they're, they basically set you up with a fundraising campaign so that you are able to um, receive tax-deductible donations from anybody that wants to, to donate to anything that could pertain to your um, spinal cord injury or whatever is um, me medically, like it's kind of like a medical fund to fundraise for. I'm, I hope I'm explaining this right. I hope I'm not doing help hope live wrong here. Um, but they're, they're, they are, they're a really great organization that basically if you suffer any kind of like catastrophic injury, any type of like transplant, um, it's a way for you to set up a fundraising campaign and anybody can donate, it's tax deductible. And then they allocate the money to you to use for, um, you know, anything that you, that could arise medically, like whether it's co-pays or, you know, medication that you may need, catheters you may need. Um, I, I've been able to use it for um, even like traveling to bring like um, a CNA with me, um, Oh, that's cool. uh, to to make modifications to my ban, all types of things like that. So it's a way for me to continuously fundraise. It's how I was able to fundraise for the surrogacy. Um, yeah, just a great, great, great platform. Help hope live. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, we'll definitely put the links. Actually, on that note, why don't you uh, go ahead and give us your social media links before we uh, wrap up here, so everybody can go check you guys out and. And you personally and and yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can keep up with me on Instagram. My handle is at Mando M A N D O 313. And you can also keep up with me and Next Step. Uh, we kind of have like a a, a cohabited page together on TikTok, but that's at Next Step Orlando. And um I post a lot of me plus what goes on here there. But yeah, I'm always on Instagram. So nice. you can find me there. Yep, that's that's where I like I've been following yeah. you for a while and I was like, I've got to get her on the show. And then I was so glad we were finally able to make this work. So um, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, this has been awesome, Amanda. Um, yeah, Amanda Perla, thank you so much again for for yeah, give, you know, taking some time out of your day to to hop on the podcast with me. And, uh, you know, definitely wishing you luck and uh, the surrogacy and just in everything and uh yeah I mean, we'll catch up down the road maybe after uh, after you guys have your baby i would love that thank you so much yeah we'll uh we'll talk soon thanks so much amanda have a great day you too all right that was amanda perla i want to thank her again for being willing to come on the show and and share her story and and yeah the um, you know, the surrogacy thing, that's like, that's a heavy topic, man. Like just trying to, you know, she, you don't think about, um, me and Ricardo were talking about this earlier, Brandon. Uh, you don't think about when you hear somebody's like, Oh, somebody's using a surrogate. You don't think about still having to deal with like miscarriages, miscarriages and things yeah. like that. I was just like, oh. you know, they said, she said they had lost like four babies already. It's through very that. emotional. It's like, man, yeah. that's, yeah. that's fucking heavy, dude. Like, so. Uh, um, well, it's really nice of her to be transparent and share her story and struggles to, cause I'm sure other people going through those same things. So we'll, we'll enjoy, I don't know about enjoy, but can relate 
mm-hmm. and find common ground and understand that, yeah, like Ricardo was saying before, you think like everything's so easy when you're when maybe you're having a baby or you know a pregnancy and really you're just lucky if it goes off without a hitch exactly right right luck i mean i don't know uh, whatever you believe it but it does it's not as it's not as common to go off without a hitch it's not a given no (laughs) everyone's like a like it's a gamble every time yeah yeah it's a it's a miracle every time yeah yeah i mean um yeah she seems amazing um you know, I, I was I really enjoyed our conversation, but yeah, you don't like. I always see, um, you know, there's a few girls that I know that, you know, through social media, um, who are dealing with spinal cord injuries that have had babies naturally recently, and I always just think like, God damn, I hope everything goes smoothly. Like, that's so like to me, that's just so scary. Like as an outside observer, so I can't imagine what they must be going through you know thinking like i mean you you don't know like you already don't have control of your body right so yeah i salute um amanda for for going down the surrogacy journey and being so open about it and documenting it and um you know letting people kind of be a part of it so yeah and and you know it is a tremendous cost you know to them oh yeah emotionally financially all the way around so yeah but um you know and and she her so i heard an interview that she had done like four years ago or something on i forget what the it was on some youtube show or podcast or whatever and uh i can't remember exactly who it was but they she was talking about her her injury and it just was like god damn man this is like sounds exactly like Mm -hmm. what happened flashback to your accident just out at a party or whatever and you be on the way home getting riding in the passenger seat and get you know i mean the, obviously her she I, I got thrown out of the vehicle she had they had to use the jaws of life to get her out and luckily nobody else was injured in either of our accidents but still it's like fuck, man. some striking similarities for sure yeah mm-hmm. and also about the same time in high school and right i think mine was just before because i was actually able to be back at school by the time graduation happened which was like a whole other like you know know, man like thinking back about that it's kind of blowing my mind what's that 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 you made it back to school from january till june that's true man that's wild in six months i feel like that would be that must have been super hard man i don't know how you did that that was it was not easy bro no i couldn't even imagine it was very uh yeah, I remember uh, going across the stage and like the whole place like got up and cheered. I'm just like, yeah. I don't know, man. It was, it was so like it was so it was it was overwhelming. Just embarrassing and like yeah. kind of overwhelming. And I'm like, but I'm saying just to get to go across that stage right. in that little amount of time, man. Well, man, that's the other thing. Like, yeah, I had to do. I like barely did any schoolwork basically from the time I got injured on. Yeah, give and, me like, the I wasn't give me the on, pass, bro. Like, I wasn't come on. on uh, I wasn't on on track to graduate i don't think anyway like i had like a few classes i had to make up like i had to do a bunch they gave of extra, you extra credits for occupational they just, therapy they just like yeah <laughs> they just like basically like wrote the wrote it off all of it and just let me graduate so i was like hey. but then you went on to college i did yeah everybody has their own path man it's true it's true man 
But yeah, anyway, so she unfortunately didn't get to go back and mm. you know be a part. Yeah, because it was so late in right. her senior year. Well, they they flew her up to Atlanta, right? <laughs> yeah. So she. Well, if it was on her prom, Atlanta. then it was like you know, towards the end of the year. Yeah. So it was yeah. like almost the end of school, I'm sure. Um, but that was cool that her friends would drive up every other weekend to come hang out with her, and that her uncle lived right in Atlanta, so. She was able to, uh, you know, her mom was able to stay with her uncle to be to be close to her, and like, man, what a this injury is just a, a freaking monster, man. So, um, really, well, she's kicking butt, man, yeah, and really I watched her Instagram doing. videos of her workouts, and she gets after it, yeah, a lot. She's, a, she's and a her monster. program and her facility and her, um, uh, the the what i don't know the trainers that she has in her facilities mm-hmm. i mean they're putting in work all the people yeah she said that um i think i talked to her off the air about it but um so they are not able to accept insurance at this no time, that was on the area was it but they yeah. so they charge a hundred dollars an hour to work out there but they also have scholarships sure. available and but she said like the whole hour that you are working out you're not in your chair the whole time like they have you up you know that's stuff. that's actually nothing compared to the um some of the personal fitness classes that are around here they charge more like 150 dollars an hour for wow. body. jay i paid 23 dollars for a burrito yesterday <laughs> God, where, where are you eating burritos at bro jesus the mayan Carmen said, go get me a burrito, and it was 20 bucks plus the tip. Did you tax. say, I'm just Sheesh. buying a burrito for myself? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. But anyways, I mean, so $100 is, the thing about it is, is um, we all, everybody has a budget. Everybody, you know, everybody has a different budget. Money may be tight, but you have to think, like, what's the price of health? Yeah. What's more yeah. important, right? LeBron so, James and Damian Lillard spend a million dollars on their bodies. And I think we all would if we had it, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, if I could afford a personal trainer and a freaking chef, like, I'm like, let's I go, Let's go, man. That's probably... that. Honestly, when I win the, the Powerball, it's like the, the, the third thing I'm doing. The first thing the first is we're, days? like, flying you to wherever we can to get you in some sort of treatment... And the second is I'm like paying all the debts. The third I'm like getting the personal chef, man. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Right on. Well, hey, like that—that's the show for this week. I think uh, I want to thank Amanda again. That was that was great. I thought her story was incredible. Um, yeah, everything that her uh, and the Next Up Orlando team are doing is fantastic. Like, just really want to salute them for all they're doing good luck to her and her husband on their uh surrogacy journey and uh you know we will be rooting from from up here for them and yeah i we're gonna hopefully have yeah, we wish her on. all the best yeah we're gonna hopefully have her back on once she has the baby and is able to uh come on and tell us tell us about being a mother so uh, until next time guys please listen like rate review and share we will talk to you all soon thank you